1: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could
0: conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
3: Hey, thanks for listening to Dirt and Spray on Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Service Patriots is your home comfort solution for all your heating and air conditioning needs. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at ServicePatriots.com slash The Fan.
1: Hi everybody, Harry Carey here. We've got a great show lined up for you.
2: This is Dirt and Sprague.
1: I once took a pair of binoculars and stared at the sun for over an hour.
2: Why would you do that?
1: Curiosity, I guess. Heck, I'm curious like a cat. I have a couple of friends that call me Whiskers.
2: With Andy Dirt Johnson. Hi, hey, now
1: kid, we all know that the moon is not made of green cheese. Yes, that's true, Harry. But... But what if it were made of barbecue spare ribs? Would you eat it then?
2: And Brendan Sprague.
1: I know I would. Heck, I'd have seconds. And then then polish it off with a tall, cool Budweiser.
2: Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The
3: Fan. Hey, let's do this final hour. Dirt and Sprague here on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan. 99.5 HD2, the Odyssey app, live on YouTube. Shout out to everybody watching this morning. People are yelling at each other about Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. What are we arguing about with Tom Brady and Gronk? All sorts of quarterback takes are coming in. Dylan Uh, Gabriel sucks. Dylan Gabriel's great. It's all over the map today. I love it. And uh, we love all of you for watching the show. There's a poll question on that topic I just posted at Dirt and Sprague. Dylan Gabriel chose the Ducks as the next team in the NIL transfer portal window. What is the 2024 Oregon Duck expectations in their new B1G conference? Oh, look at you. Win the B1G and be a top four seed or top 12, make the playoff. Right now 16 votes in uh top 12 make the playoff at 81.3%. I mean it's kind of yeah I mean the barriers are out of the way right 12 team playoff it's easier access for everybody especially playing in a conference like that. That was a big takeaway that I had from the weekend. It's interesting that you bring that up that poll question up because I wanted to talk about the Heisman here. So the Heisman Trophy ceremony was on Saturday, and there were four finalists. I DVR'd it because I was curious. I was obviously working Saturday night and watched a little bit of it when I got home. Didn't watch any of the other players. I just wanted to see what they did with Bo and the interviews and the landing stuff was kind of funny. Uh, To no surprise, Jaden Daniels
0: took home the Heisman. The 2023 Heisman Trophy winner is Jaden Daniels
3: from Louisiana State University. So they broke down, people did on social media and go find it, the voting per region, right? So there's like a Southwest voting, a Northwest voting, a Midwest voting. And and when you look at the different quadrants, what ended up kind of affecting the Michael Penix argument was that Bo took a lot of votes on the West Coast away from Michael Penix. Oh, yeah. And when you look down in the Southeast, it was almost 100. I mean, I'm over exaggerating, but it was a a very uh, healthy majority to Jaden Daniels. And it just it made me chuckle of. If Michael Penix was in the SEC, I don't think there's a chance in hell he doesn't win the Heisman Trophy. Even with the way the even season with the of way for the season like a month went, and a half? there were people that voted legitimately. Yeah. Jalen Milrow number two in their Heisman ballots. Yep. Like that happened. Those ballots are out there. A lot of people you can't reveal them before the voting, but a lot of people do afterwards and say, Here was my Heisman ballot and you you know, react however you want. Yeah. Some of it's clickbaity. Like people were voting Jalen Milrow top three in Heisman voting, and there's not a world that exists in which he was better than Michael Penix this year. And it was an interesting like Final. Here we go. The, the, it's just hard to get attention and respect mm. unless you're a Caleb Williams type from last year who came from Oklahoma and there was so much hoopla and hype about him uh, that it just I think if he was in the SEC and went undefeated, he wins the Heisman Trophy. They also went 11 and one and played in the Pac-12 title game. Yes, so at least did. like with the Caleb stuff, you could see the the factor. I thought a couple things. I wasn't shocked by the way the voting broke down. No? I would be willing to wager most of the voters probably voted a little early and had their minds made up that Daniel's season was too good, historically, statistically speaking, to bypass despite the three losses that his team had. Um, The the one thing about this, Jaden Daniels doing that on a three-loss Arizona state team isn't winning the Heisman. No. I think that's kind of the point, because we saw a guy with crazy numbers that didn't win the Heisman, and he played at Stanford. Yes, he did. They gave it to a running back in the SEC because they went undefeated and played – what the national championship or whatever the hell Bama played in that year, if not won the national championship. So I think what we see is the obvious slant coming from the South. The West Coast voting doesn't shock me. Bo had such a great run to end the year, and Pennix and the Huskies had kind of struggled with every opponent seemingly that I think it was hard for West Coast people that voted before the conference title game. And then the ones who held out waiting for the conference championship, yeah. I think, made their pick. I think your point probably is valid that if he's in, if he's on Alabama, or he's at Georgia, and he does that, even with the bumpiness that was the last of the regular season. Hard for me not to see Michael Penix not winning the Heisman, given how much more respect the South and Southeastern Conference gets compared to everybody else, including the Big Ten. Yeah, And so I think it was always going to be an uphill battle. I actually thought the underrated, because I would mentally said, Daniels is going to win this. This is over. When the odds are that stacked going into the weekend, there's no chance Jaden Daniels is not winning the Heisman. Well, what I was surprised was, and maybe I shouldn't have been, I was surprised how far down Bo was than even Pennix. And I was also still shocked watching the ceremony that Marvin Harrison Jr. was there. <laughs> Why is he there? If... One of these things is not like and the other. They gave him the Bolitnikov? That's <laughs> ridiculous. Neighbors are Roma Dunes, and I'd pick Rome because I'm biased, West Coast guy. Those were your only options. If Troy Franklin had better numbers than Marvin Harrison. Marvin Harrison was not the best wide receiver nor the most impressive one. Somehow got the narrative from the beginning of the year, got him to New York. I'm sorry, the committee just told me who should have been in New York over Marvin Harrison. Jordan Travis. (laughs) Like, if he is so important that you Uh, screw Florida State out of the playoff, why is he not one of the four best (laughs) players in college football? I know. His numbers were good, too. Such a confusing season in general for the sport. Nothing makes sense. I was really happy for Jaden Daniels. His teammates clowned him when he left the school. They filmed his locker. Oh, he left anyway. They did. He turned his career around, his reputation. Good for him to win it. Pennix deserving. Bo Nix deserving. But... You know, after the Bo lost to Washington and Pennix's struggle bus the last two months of the season, month and a half, you kind of knew that it was over. It was Daniels. I'm glad you brought up the Belitnikov because it is funny. With some awards, it just matters stats, right? Like Jaden Daniels won the Heisman Trophy because of his numbers. Yes, what's his best win? It's I don't know, Missouri. Missouri? on okay. the road, so yeah. Missouri, okay, that's a good win. Missouri was a decent team this year, but he doesn't have those those marquee wins like Michael Penix did, right? He didn't go 11-1 and in the regular season like Bo Nix did. He got, unfortunately, knocked out in the Bama game. Otherwise, maybe that he was stands close. toe-to-toe with a Bama team, and that, you know, propels it. Could have happened, but it's just funny how he wins the Heisman because numbers were too insurmountable. His numbers were too good. And then Marvin Harrison, who had, what, five or six receivers who had better numbers than him, wins the the, the award for best wide receiver. Like, if we're just going numbers, awards, Malik neighbors the Blitnikoff. He had the most receiving yards in the nation. So statistically speaking, he was the best, but that's not good enough for the Blitnikov. Let's give it to Marvin Harrison because he did, I guess, other intangibles and Kyle McCord was his quarterback. So he gets that award, but Jane Daniels wins the Heisman because his numbers were the best. I didn't really disagree with the voting. Um, I don't, you know, it's just, this is one of those years that I didn't really feel like there was a right or wrong answer, kind of similar to the playoff. right? Like if you were to tell me, Hey, I think Michael Penix should deserve it. He's undefeated. He beat Oregon twice that, that he won a conference that should count for something like, yeah, I, Totally see it. You want to tell me Jaden Daniels had a season that only five or six quarterbacks in the history of the sport have ever done with the number of passing yards and rushing yards that he had? Like, all right, I, I see that. There's not really a wrong answer here, um, but it is unique that certain things matter and some voting and certain things don't. And I wasn't surprised that Bo Nix ended up being third because I think you just have a hard time. His numbers were better than Pennix's all season, essentially. Outside of the start, he finished much stronger. And he didn't have any of those clunker games like ASU, the Wazoo game was kind of- of. of a bad one for Penix, but I think head-to-head matters to a lot of these voters. It doesn't matter for Jaden Daniels. He didn't have to win games, but with Bo Nix losing to Penix twice, I think they had a hard time putting him ahead of Penix. I I don't blame him. I find it just all kind of odd. Like It's kind of like the playoff conversation, as you allude to. What is important here? Yeah, what's the most important factor for you? Because if you're going raw numbers, again, we can date this all the way back to Christian McCaffrey being absolutely hosed in that department. If you're talking about, what what do they always like to say, the Heisman moment? There is but no Heisman. Bo's motion. Heisman yeah. moment was maybe the cross body throw against Oregon State. I And I don't know how big that is for people. Like, what, what was Jaden Daniels? Was it Missouri? Because Penix at least had two moments, right? He had the the both the wins against Oregon where he threw the touchdown pass and yeah. ended up lining up and, and getting the win after blowing the big lead and them having to come back. So I don't know how they define the criteria for the award. To me... Much like the playoff conversation, it's not breaking news, dude. But I just kind of leave, again, going, cool. So all that matters is what happens in the South. Yes. I mean, I, I, that's what sucks about this in the expanded playoff is we are going to see more teams and players get screwed as this thing evolves. Because Greg Zanke is able to go on national television and basically tell you, we're the best, we dare you to leave us out. And the the, the old-ass committee members – are terrified of him because he's basically the pseudo commissioner of the entire sport at this point. So I that's kind of the takeaway for me. Daniel's deserving of it. I don't mean to uh take any of that away, but like much like the playoff criteria, it always just fluctuates and changes to what suits the southern southeastern teams yeah. more than it does the guys on the west coast who don't get quite the same exposure. Yep. Well, final hat tip to Penix and Debo, who both had great seasons. The turnarounds of their careers were awesome. You can make an argument for each of them to be Heisman Trophy winners. Jaden Daniels is the guy that took it home, but a lot of fun to watch them battle all year. And really cool to see a couple of guys from the Northwest as Heisman finalists. You see, the uh, Penix jacket was pretty sweet. That was awesome, he dude. looked like Willy Wonka. They hadn't had a Heisman finalist, I want to say, in like 30 years or something crazy like that. It's been a long time since Washington had a Heisman finalist. Yeah. Um, and so Bo was obviously only the fourth in the history of Oregon. So very unique seasons, great seasons, and cool to see them in New York over the weekend. Jaden Daniels took home the award, in my opinion, largely because he played in the SEC. Doesn't take anything away. He had a great year, but I think if Panix was in the SEC on an undefeated team, he wins the Heisman Trophy uh, this weekend. If you were a fan of this team, would your mindset be changing because they got a tough decision to make? I want to talk about that coming up next on The Fam.
1: Call from mom.
0: Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game.
0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Are you guys into role-playing?
3: I love role-playing. Do, do you? Yeah. Cops and robbers, you know, whatever you're into.
2: Cops and robbers? My yeah. wife's an actress. What do you think? <laughs> Any Oscar-worthy
3: there. performances in that bedroom? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I want to role-play here for a moment, if we will. I faked it. (laughs) You didn't know. (laughs) Because I think there's a fascinating decision lying ahead for an NFL team. Maybe I'm overreacting. Maybe I'm making too much of this. But I want to ask the question nonetheless. Now, I am personally impacted by this performance because it cost me money this weekend. I gambled on the Detroit Lions going to Chicago as a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. One field goal shy of hitting the over. Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for any points at all. Maybe Jared Goff stops throwing interceptions. Detroit could score. I keep God. seeing those tweets of like the team's logo with the fraud alert, and it's like a call coming in, like scam alert. And there was a lot of those with Detroit this weekend. But I don't want to talk about the Lions. Haven't covered a number since October thirtieth. Like, what are we? Bear doing that in here? mind next what are, time. What are we doing here? Okay. Right. What are the Bears going to do this offseason? So there's starting, there's rumblings growing. I'm going to throw some numbers at you. Over his last 17 starts, Justin Fields, his pocket management has gotten a lot better. In his last 17 starts, he's accounted for 42 plus hundred yards total, passing and rushing, mm-hmm. 33 total touchdowns and 12 interceptions. This weekend, he outplayed wasn't you know lighting everybody on fire with his arm, but he outplayed Jared Goff in that game. They blew out the Lions, and dominated them. Final was 28 to 13 they're likely going to have the number one overall pick in the draft because it's coming from Carolina. They're also going to have their pick, which is going to be somewhere borderline top five. And there's a growing movement of people that are saying, you could get a lot if you traded that number one overall pick, a massive haul to build around Justin Fields, or do you take... Caleb Williams or whichever quarterback you like. Likely Caleb. But they're heading for a very interesting decision this offseason. I don't envy the radio hosts in Chicago, though I would be jealous of the topic itself because I think it emotionally charges up sports fans there. 100%. Because I could see you argue either way, and I'm like, yeah, I I could see it. I mean, there's no guarantee that Caleb or Drake May or any of these other quarterbacks are going to be as dynamic as maybe everybody thinks. No, not at all. Caleb playing in a uh, an environment like Chicago versus getting to play in Oklahoma and Los Angeles. That could be a different Caleb Williams. It's all about what's around them Now, Fields in himself is a topic that's interesting. Uh, there's a producer on the gambling show I do that works in Chicago, and he's a diehard Bears fan, and we asked him yesterday. Yeah, how you feeling about this? He basically thinks if they seemingly went out from here... He thinks they're keeping fields, and he thinks there's a lot of chatter that if they do that, Iberflus will also keep his job. Ooh. But see, like, why are you ooing to that, but maybe not ooing about the fields thing? Because I don't know about you, 12 interceptions is too many. I don't want more turnovers, and I know that's... number 17 is not terrible. It's not great, but it's not terrible. Yeah, but i, I if we could be sub-10 here with my quarterback, I'd yeah. be happy about it. That's of a course. lot to ask. I, I get it. Of course. It's funny when you add an actual weapon like DJ Moore, how much better a quarterback can look in certain moments. I'm also still not sold he can be the guy that that wins it all. That, I know. That's why it's such a tough conundrum, because you're taking a chance on somebody who is completely unproven. We can feel how we want to feel about Caleb Williams, right. but there's no guarantee he's good in the NFL. There's not. He's and, he's a smaller quarterback. It, he's a shorter quarterback. Exactly, and we're seeing what's happening with Bryce Young right now, and I think the situation would be a little bit different, but undersized quarterbacks just have a hard time in the National Football League. He's very reliant on running around and extending plays, and he's gonna, I just think he's going to have a hard time doing it from the pocket in the NFL, and so it's a, it's a tough putt to pull that off. The other counterpart to that, too, is if Chicago. So, right now, if the draft was today, they would have the number one pick in the draft from Carolina. That seems almost locked in because New England and Arizona both have three wins. Carolina ain't winning two more games this year. That team sucks. Ter- that so, terrible. you're going to have the number one overall pick in the draft. Yep. Right now, their pick would be number seven. So, we'll see that could swing kind of either way. There's some teams of four wins and five wins and six wins. So, you're somewhere in that probably five through 11 range where your pick's going to end up. The, the the fascinating part is how much could you trade that number one pick for? Like what if you could get what they got last year, which was what, Carolina's first, this year's Carolina's first, a good wide receiver, there was probably some other compensation in there too. And that was for Bryce Young. If you're trading this pick for a team the chance to draft Caleb Williams, how many first round picks are you getting out of that and would you would it be better to build a roster that way to say now we have all these first round picks, all this cap space, build it around Justin Fields to put to turn him into a winner as opposed to like starting over and trading Justin Fields this offseason? You'd easy. have to go through the list of teams, right? Like what teams to you are screaming sneaky trade up to get that pick? Uh, the Giants might be in this. The Giants should be in it. The Tennessee Raiders should be should in, should in it. Be in the this. Raiders should be in it. I would argue the Jets should think about it, but they probably the, won't. I don't think the Jets will because they're stuck in the Aaron uh, relationship. The Atlanta, Commies, New I s- Orleans, Seattle. <laughs> yeah, but any of them should do it or would think about doing it. There's but, somebody dumb enough to pull that trade but, off. But see, what's funny is in the same breath that you say that, Dirt, you also have been the guy that we've done a segment, is it worth trading up to get quarterbacks? I don't think that it is, No. But somebody's going to be dumb enough to do it. Well, certainly. Carolina traded a hall to go get Bryce Young last year. Yeah, but <laughs> if you read a lot of the stuff, that sounds like that was an owner decision that not everybody in the organization was all in on. There's a lot of bad owners in the NFL. There are a lot of bad owners <laughs> in the NFL. I don't. I truly i am stumped. What would you, if you were a fan of the Bears, that's why we're role-playing here, if you were a fan of the Bears and you were calling into Chicago Sports Radio today, oh, what would you be advocating for? Because I think I've landed on keep Justin Fields, trade the number one pick in the draft, you have a top 10 pick of your own. You're going to get another top 10 pick. Like, use Washington as an example. They want to bring Caleb back to D.C. Yeah. They have right now, they would have the fourth overall pick. So you would trade down to four, get future first-round picks on top of it. You'd have the fourth pick and the 10th pick to go get a left tackle, a Marvin Harrison Jr., whoever you want to continue to build. I That's where I've landed. I think that's the right you move would, for so them. So Justin Fields is I, your guy now? I don't know if he's my guy. I just I want to see more. They beat the Panthers. I know. The I Vikings. Know, I know. And they did beat the Lions. They should have been the Lions twice, actually. They should have. won, that, should have first have won that first game. Yeah. Uh, before that, they lost to the Saints, the Chargers. I mean, it's not been perfect. I know Fields has not been perfect. <laughs> I also, it's funny I, the, the ooing that I'll do for Eberflues because my my reaction to that is don't bring him back. Well, but the position you're putting that in in the hypothetical world is like, why are you firing the coach? So you're bringing the GM I back. I just want to see some interesting moves. I know. I want an offensive guy. I want an offensive guy. I for tend Fields. to agree with that. Um, God, that's a tough position to be in, man. I think given my Chicago... It's a it's a good position to be in because you can choose your kind of path here. So and you just overall, hope you get it right. You're calling in Chicago Sports Radio, Andy in 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 Chicago, Sheboygan Andy. here, <laughs> Sheboygan. Andy, what, what do little... you want to do? I'm saying trade the pick. Justin Fields deserves more there time, you and Andy you can from Naperville. You can build like he he is improving. It feels like with every game that he's getting, he seems more comfortable. He and has just, a security blanket in DJ. He's Moore. got a receiver. Yeah. Like you have two top ten picks this year to go get. Elite weapons or offensive linemen get him or whatever. Roma Dunze for crying out get him, loud! You could get Marvin Harrison Jr. You can get Roman Dunze. You can get whoever you want. Well, do you want to trade the? This the other thing. Do you trade the first pick or do you trade the second pick they have for the capital to get the player? I would trade the first pick because you're just going to get an, an insane haul okay. for the rights to draft Caleb Williams because team somebody is drooling uh, over that selection. Well and the, they're going to go crazy. The DC one. I know they liked Sam Howell earlier this year. It's not gone well the last couple of weeks. Ron Rivera is probably getting fired any minute, but. The D.C. one's fascinating because that is the hometown guy. You could bring him back. New ownership group that's trying to sell tickets, trying to generate interest. Yep. You get to play in Dallas, at least, so you get a dome protection weather-wise. Uh, I, I, It's just, what kind of player do you think Caleb will be in cold weather climate? And I, ultimately, that, I guess it doesn't matter. He's going to play on those conditions anyway. It might backfire. He could turn into an MVP, and you look back, and you're like, damn, I can't believe we passed up that chance. But I think Fields has shown enough this year. <sighs> This year, like lately, that's the tough thing. You're gauging this off of a couple wins against the Vikings, who won three nothing yesterday with Dobbs and Mullins, yeah. and the Panthers. I mean, the got, Panthers by three. I know he's got 13 touchdowns and six picks this year. It's not it's not perfect, but he's a great athlete. I'm trading it. 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 I you're i trading the pick. No, I'm keeping it. You're keeping I'm, the pick. I'm, I'm I'm trading the second pick. Okay. I'm using number one. I'm restarting. That means you have to trade. For, you're trading Fields into, and you could probably get something decent for him right now. Somebody will take a flyer on him. Maybe the Lions within the division will say, "Hey, yep. we think he could be better than what Goff is offering." Golf can't play in anything sub forty-three degrees because he's a California boy, true and true. But I <laughs> yeah, can't. It's so nuts. I I think I'm keeping the pick, and I'm I'm still I'm not going to allow wins over Carolina and Minnesota. Did, and by the way, do you think they're going to win at Cleveland this weekend? I mean, I wouldn't put it past them. I'm not overreacting to Joe Flacco. But I also don't think we should be reacting necessarily this way. No, I don't. You're talking about organizational future you're reacting with, where they also have Atlanta at home. I don't know if they'll win. And they're at Green Bay in the year, and Green Bay could be playing for a playoff spot. They could be. So could the Bears. They could technically, I think they're technically still alive in the wild. I I think technically you're not wrong, but like, (laughs) what if they lose at the Packers? And they're both trying. I'm still still trading the pick. Trade the pick. No matter what happens in the next four weeks, you're you're keeping Justin Fields? I'm keeping Justin Fields, and I'm taking 17 first-round picks for the number one overall pick. And if he throws three (laughs) picks and they lose at Cleveland this weekend? (laughs) No, he's fine. He's all right. He's not going to throw three picks. All right. Swag, are you keeping Fields, or are you taking the number one pick? Because that pick's locked in. Carolina's not winning two more. They're not winning two more games. Carolina will
2: have the number one pick, and that pick will go to Chicago. I don't know... I'm not sold on any of those quarterbacks being the thing, like Andrew Luck-Lock. You're not sold on Caleb Williams? Not at Andrew Luck levels. Like if Andrew I luck if went if I'm to one conference to ship, title game,
3: if, just want to bear that in mind. I mean, it was more about winning with him. It was about his size and all that other stuff.
2: The prototypical the quarterback
3: size. And I don't
2: yeah. know. I haven't paid enough attention. Is there a offensive tackle, a defensive lineman, somebody else that is worthy of the number one overall pick that could absolutely cement something like that? Uh, but I would, boy, if if I set a ridiculous price and somebody offered it, I'd probably move the pick.
3: Somebody's going to offer something crazy. So, you know that they are. How many first-round picks could you get for trading the number one pick in yeah. this year's draft? I, see, I, and you might be right on that. I just I'm wondering if other teams are going to do your take. How is this gone for teams? It never works this. out. It, it never works out. work out. No, but teams are dumb, and they're desperate, and they need quarterbacks, and they want to sell tickets, and that's what Tepper did this last year. He needed a splash move. He wanted the number one pick, and it has backfired tremendously on them because now they don't have – they would have had you know, the number one pick this year in the draft. Carolina would have if they wouldn't have taken Bryce Young because they would have still sucked no matter who their quarterback was. They just keep Baker Mayfield. They're still terrible, and you could go draft Caleb Williams this year, and you would have had your first-round pick last year too. Ryan Wilson, CBS, three offensive tackles in the top ten of his latest mock the Penn State kid is number three overall go get a left tackle and go get one of those elite wide receivers man That's and four future first round picks <laughs> it's it's not look it's not a bad theory it's not a, it's not a bad idea even because nobody can guarantee anything at quarterback no I think I think I'm just gonna ultimately rest with I really like Caleb I okay. think Caleb's a dude hey, totally fair I'm not sold on Justin Fields nor am I sold on Matt Eberflus. come on man he beat the Lions this weekend what are you talking about <laughs> there needs to be a conversation at some point. Like that team's been a little problematic yes, for over have. a month now. Yes, They're a they fun have. story, but Dan Campbell's uh, solution was maybe I need to get into him more. And I'm like, I don't know if that's the thing. I think you were already getting into him, Dan. I don't think that's your problem. I think your quarterbacks not playing well. Let's talk about one NFL team similar in a similar situation to Detroit right now. Uh, is this the end of the road? And uh, we'll get to that coming up next. Well, things aren't going too good up north right now. This weekend, no different. Geno Smith hurt hurt his groin, I guess, in practice. Couldn't play. It was the Drew Locke show in San Francisco. They hung around. Give him credit. They almost covered the spread. I think the spread actually closed at 14, so if you got the live number, uh, they, they did cover, but the spread when we talked on Friday and Swag, picked the game was 10.5, 11, somewhere in that range. They lose by 12. Seattle has now lost five out of six games. Their only win in that mix was a game that they probably should have lost at home to the Commanders. Uh, yeah, you can make an argument. Yeah. The only one they got. They're now under five hundred on the season at 6-7. and seven that's best for or good for ninth best in the NFC. They host the Philadelphia Eagles, the angry Philadelphia Eagles off a back-to-back embarrassing losses on Monday night. Uh, They go to Tennessee and Arizona towards the end of the year and then have a home game against Pittsburgh. I asked the question, they were a surprise team in the playoffs last year. Nobody saw that coming. They wrote us off. We didn't write back. Geno Smith. Awesome story. He has not had a good year. It has not gone well for them. They gave him a short contract they seem to be a team that's kind of in that no man's land, like mm-hmm. not bad enough, but not good enough. And it just, where it's your path, you got to pick one direction or the other. And I ask, is this the end of the road for the Seahawks, the current iteration? I don't know about coach, but with Gino and just trying to cobble this thing together for the next couple of years, because they they need a franchise quarterback. I, I think you can make, I think you can make a really strong argument. This should be it for everybody. Everybody involved? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think people in Seattle have been unhappy with Pete Carroll for a couple years now. Like, last year was fun. I don't know if that was so much about making the playoffs as much as it was being able to laugh at Russell Wilson. That was a big part of it, for sure. Because Seahawks fan away from social media would tell you readily that he's a he was kind of a weirdo and, and not always the easiest guy to root for. Uh, but he was the quarterback that helped win a Super Bowl, and so, like, how could you ever turn against that? And they wouldn't publicly. Yeah. It's been ugly for a little bit. Uh, even last year it was a fun start and then they kind of limp into the playoffs and they get absolutely housed in the second half of that Niner playoff game. A few of their wins, you remember the Brown game vividly because you gambled on it. They've had a few this year. You're like, oh, that, that was ugly. How ugly. you win that game? Yeah, like victories that you could look at and say probably didn't think you'd win that game. You probably could have lost or should have lost yeah. that game that they eked out and then they also have a surprise game against the Dallas Cowboys. I just, I don't know, man. What, what has Pete Carroll shown the last three, four years? Is getting to the playoffs but getting trounced in the first game like matter? I don't know. I, I don't think it does. And then, yeah, Witherspoon looks good. But do, do you really trust everything John Schneider's been doing the last couple years? You can point to the Russell Wilson trade. I don't know how you're going to feel about that if the Broncos come back and win that division. and They could. They could they, make the playoffs. Maybe they, they go on a run. Yeah, there's the Broncos hosting a playoff game <laughs> as you don't make the playoffs. <laughs> right. Uh, so that's going to be quite the flip. I just feel like it's kind of the end of that run. Kind of time. Time for a restart. Their coach is the second oldest coach in football. Their offense has been a disaster and embarrassing in many ways. But I don't know the the level of activity, the ownership stake is involved there. I don't know how Jody views everybody. I'm sure she's got good relationships with Snyder and Carroll. And maybe they're just going to call the shots until they're done because they delivered the only Super Bowl to that city. But I think you can make a really good argument. This should kind of be it for everybody. And blow it up. Even DK, I love DK, and I'm not suggesting Seahawks fan wants to get rid of him, but man, when they're not winning games, he has these moments, and I know Fred Warner pushed him, but yeah. he's always involved in something or always causing some kind of 15-yard penalty or Some kind of melee. And so I I don't know, man. That whole environment is weird in Seattle right now. Losing five out of six. Again, they play Philly next Monday. That game will obviously be here on the fan. So you could be facing six out of seven. Philly's going to be pissed. They've had a couple of bad stinkers. I I have a Philly defense. I don't think Seattle... I'm not going to eliminate the idea of Seattle winning that game. And then if the schedule after that, it's... That's the crazy thing. Titan might... Steelers and Cardinals is how they close. You could win all those Two games. Two to three on the road. Sure. Yes. You could win all those games. You also lost to the Rams 17 16 and you got killed by the Ravens thirty seven to three. And so Certainly. I'm not going quite there yet. I will say, and people were commenting at the text line and on the YouTube chat, if Chicago, the team we were just talking about, does decide to move on from Justin Fields, you've got to be in the mix there, right? Is that an idea you kick around? You're probably not going to be bad enough unless you want to take a flyer on a you know, maybe Pennex or bow, one of these guys in the back end of the first round, if they slip a little bit, that's the Kind of move you want to make. But I just think you have to answer that question. Like, we can get to Detroit later this week. I think Detroit is a better version of Seattle. They're a better overall team, but they're in the same kind of situation where it's like, that's good. But then you got Jared Goff in a big game. Yeah. Or playing in cold weather. And Do you really trust that in the playoffs? For Is that sure. really a game changer? If you got to go head-to-head with San Francisco or Dallas or Philly come postseason time, it's just a tough it, it, It's a tough uh, uh, putt, if you will. So, I think Seattle's got to figure out the quarterback position. We'll see if they do it this offseason. What about the but, coaching? And coaching, too. I mean, I agree with you. If I were calling the shots in Seattle, I would be uh, probably doing mean things to my bodyguards, because that's what Jody Allen does. And then I would be saying, let's blow this thing up. Let's mm. restart. Now's the time. Uh, but Will they do it? I don't know. They've been re- incredibly loyal to Pete Carroll for many years. Just watching them this weekend, looking at the head schedule of Philly on Monday. It's going to be tough for them uh, Monday night. Let's close it up, get you set for your night in sports, answer some poll questions, wrap it up on a Monday next on The Fam.
0: The city all right, we got
3: some poll questions to answer. Get you set for your night in sports. Shout out to everybody watching on YouTube. Make sure to subscribe to the channel and like the show. We love you all. I said a week for uh, the old Huskies. Penix at the Heisman, Kate Otten with the game-winning touchdown in Atlanta, and uh, Browning beating Minshew in the Apple Cup in the uh, NFL. Yeah, I had a Husky fan troll me who doesn't follow me on social media yesterday because Jake Browning won. Yeah. I said, okay, cool, nice. I'm a clown. Don't bet against him. Got it. You didn't have the balls to tweet this to me on Friday when I had the take. You waited for the outcome of the game. Why is that? If you were so confident in Jake Browning, why didn't you tweet me, call me a clown on Friday? Huh? Why don't you look in the mirror, you clown? What if you're talking to the person that's not listening to the show? (laughs) <laughs> probably just familiar with you with Oregon Duck takes. No, those... it was a very specific take because uh-huh. I gambled on the Indianapolis Colts this weekend uh-huh. and I say Jake Brown. I said Jake Browning sucks and that's why I'm gambling on the Indianapolis Colts and Jake Browning still sucks <laughs> and I'm probably going to gamble against him at some point but I just love when people don't have the confidence to tweet that. When they hear the take, they wait for the outcome of the game well, and then tweet it because if he loses yesterday, you're not tweeting that to me. Is there any difference between doing that and you holding receipts on takes? Uh, no, not really, okay. but I just like pointing it out. <laughs> Didn't have the balls to say it in the moment. Say it on Friday. Say it with your chest. Don't be a coward. Hide behind a fake Twitter account. Yeah, I'm looking at you, person who doesn't follow me on social media. Husky fan. Shut up. Uh, Blazers, are back in, Blazers are back in action tonight. 7.30 tonight against the Clippers. Oh, who does these 7.30 tips every time we play the Clippers? Why is it the Clippers is every time a 7.30 LA,
2: tip? LA's tips are at 7.30, not 7.00. All
3: of the L.A. tips, they never play 7 o'clock games. Unless
2: it's a national TV thing, locally at 7.30.
3: We can't have people in L.A. get to the stadium on time. I mean, come on, let's just keep moving the game back. I think you should tip at midnight down there. I'm going to watch the first quarter and a half tonight. The spread's 13 and a half. Are you
2: confident? You say that so confidently, like every game. Weeknights? Yes. Weeknight games? Yes, unless it's a national game like TNT has it at 7 o'clock. Yeah. But TNT games usually tip at seven thirty anyway. No, they moved it up. Oh, they did this year. They did.
3: ESPN. Oh. They they moved them up. So, we're going to miss the entire fourth quarter of this game because <laughs> yes. it'll be 9.45 at night. <laughs> yes, it's going to be way too late, and I want nothing to do with the outcome of that game. They might win, though. They're back in action. They've been, you know, they've been competitive lately. I'm not going to bet that one. I'm going to wait and see how the first quarter goes. If they jump out on top, then maybe you lay a bet. But the spread is 13.5 for those who are so inclined. They are back in action tonight. The rest of the NBA picks up. Did we like the way, by the way, that was an underrated part of the IST? Did we like that there were no other games? Because I saw some fans bemoaning that of, like, not having anything else going on. It was just IST-centric. Why would – I mean, just because no, fa- their team want the didn't focus play? They it. just wanted their teams to play and not well, you, having their teams You can't to play. have a tournament and then, like, have random games happening outside <laughs> of the tournament. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Why not? It's regular season It'd be games. like a B fan. Hey, I want my basketball well, also, team to play. The NCAA tournament's going
2: on. Give me another option. Yeah. I mean, you might be in the CBI. So those teams last week, though, the Mavericks game and – I forget who they played on Wednesday – uh, those were scheduled, so they have to leave two open dates with the teams in your group. So the teams that get to the knockout round, they have their games. So then the NBA then figures out who's left, and they schedule those ones. So those are unscheduled until after the group play. Uh, there you go. Uh, Dylan Gabriel chose Oregon as his
3: next team. What is the 2024 Oregon Duck expectations in their big conference of you say top 12 make the playoff. Yeah, I was uh, not shocked, but commend Duck fan for not just falling all the way in and saying... We got to win the B1G. Yeah, year one in a new conference. If Michael Penix had gone undefeated in the SEC, would he have won the Heisman this past weekend? 91.5% of you <laughs> say yes, and that is the correct take. If he was at LSU um, or Alabama or Georgia, he would have won the Heisman trophy. Yeah. That's how it works. That'll do it for us, folks. Thanks so much for being a part of our Monday, everybody. We will talk to you tomorrow at 6 a.m. If you missed the show, you can catch it all day on YouTube and the Service Patriots podcast as well. Calling on us next. You're listening to 1080 The Fan.